I'm singing, of course, for the Portland Trailblazer fans. As a Laker fan last night was yay. As a basketball fan last night was boo, because it was not a very good game. The Lakers were ahead by 38 points at one point. Um, it was ridiculous. They were ahead by, I think, 29 points at the half, uh, and basically garbage time started in the second half. Um, I mean, right at the beginning of the second half. It was... Um, it was a blowout from the get-go. They started the game with a 15 to nothing run. Um, Lakers' defense was impressive. They were looking all like world champions, ready to go and take on anybody. We will see what happens um, as they go forward. Today, the Clippers, who are tied in their series uh, with the Dallas Mavericks at two games apiece, will play. I fully expect the Clippers will beat Dallas, but they're having a tougher time with them than I expected, especially given that Luka Doncic, who's the top scorer for Dallas, is injured but still playing. And Kristaps Porzingis didn't play at all. He's their number two scorer. Didn't play at all in their uh, fourth game uh, day before yesterday. Um, we'll see if they're both back and, and at full strength or anywhere near full strength. Um, but um, uh, Doncic is, is amazing. A guy who's in, I think, his second year in the NBA. Um, just watching him, him play, uh, he has really come of age in the playoffs. Um, uh, I mean, he wins on like a 37-foot three-pointer at the buzzer. The buzzer goes off while the ball's in the air. Um, you know, he's got ice in his veins, and uh, he absolutely took that team, put it on his back, and carried them to a win over the Clippers, who who admittedly were not at their best. They were, they were misfiring. Paul George was, is having a bad time of things, and so one of two of the Clippers' stars is underperforming right now, and if that continues, then they're going to continue to struggle. That said, their team is deep enough that, that um, I think that they're going to be okay, at least uh, getting through this, but we'll see. We'll see. They play again today, the Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks. And so enough of basketball, since this isn't really a basketball uh, uh, thing. Um, you know, but it is it is something I've been watching. I've been paying very close attention to because, um, like I've said, I'm a, I'm a Lakers fan. I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. So if you listen, you're going to get Lakers and Green Bay Packer updates on occasion. That's just life. Deal with it. Um, so um, lots of stuff going on in the world. You know, the GOP uh, started their convention yesterday and. In, they, they've structured it in a way that is unlike most conventions. Um, Trump is essentially going to speak each day. They'll have some other speakers that build up to him, and then he will he will be sort of the keynote speaker each day. Um, but he's not listing um, uh, specific party platforms. They've structured it a little different than normal. Um, they're holding it in North Carolina on a stage, but there's nobody in the audience because of COVID. So they're running it a little differently, a little different feel than the uh, virtual convention that the Democrats ran. Um, I personally am not watching it. I'm just following the, co the coverage of it. And, uh, and then if there's something that looks interesting, I'll go watch uh, the, the video of it after the fact, as I did with the Democrats. I'm just not a fan of the political theater that is conventions. Let's have Aaron join us. 
How are you today, Aaron? I am good. A little slow on the uptake, but I am good. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, decaffeinating will do that to you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know, this withdrawal seems worse than others. I just... It, it definitely Woo. puts you out of sorts, doesn't it? On the yeah. positive side, caffeine does purge out of your system relatively quickly, so you shouldn't have, you know, it's not like like you're kicking a heroin addiction or something that's going to be, you know, long and painful. It's just, just really disruptive for a day or so, and then it kind of, you know, clears out for the most part. Um, well, although there certainly it, might be something else in Diet Coke that, that is oh, causing yeah. symptoms. Oh, I absolutely fully believe that. I don't know what they put in there, but there's something else in there that is addictive that has been flying under the radar as an additive in there that they discovered or a combination of things that that, um, that they've either discovered or they, that they, um, you know, they have lobbied the government to not, like, um, ban altogether. Yes. Uh, but it, there's something in there. Yeah, that's... that's as as my brother-in-law likes to say, it's Moorish, because you want more all the time. <laughs> it's Moorish. Moorish. Yeah, That's yeah, and we're, we're yeah, we're not talking about the Moors in Northern Africa, and, and uh, you know, it's it, no, it's Moorish. Um, it's a Southern thing. What can I say? He's got family in Mississippi, so um, yeah, you know, I was just uh, going on a little bit more about. I, I, I did a quick rundown on the uh, on the the basketball uh, uh, stuff again as we kind of switched over to the podcast, but then um, uh, talked a little bit about the the conventions and and uh, how I've not watched them but have you know kind of followed them online and and pointing out what we had talked about earlier is it's really frustrating to follow them online because you have to be careful how you read because you know simple little things like you know choices of descriptive terms like you know a headline on the independent now this is supposedly the independent right an independent place and their uh their description of the republican national convention trump every night no party platform and bizarre list of speakers what to expect now that's not biased bizarre list of speakers you know i mean come on they're just a list of speakers they could just say and list of speakers they don't have to add the word bizarre but they did because they they're you know to them it was bizarre or they're just not aware of the fact that they're just slanting things in some horrible way you know how can you not be aware yeah how could you i mean obviously they think they're right and like it should just be clear that we're right, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously you know, they're bizarre. Yes. Yeah. It's their, some... it's the RNC's party. They can ask whoever they want to speak. Right. Yeah. You know, Trump uses dark message to kick off RNC despite AIDS claim of optimism. Dark message. I mean, what did he do? He said, Democrats are bad. Okay. What did the Democrats well, do? Republicans are bad. You know, yeah. is that a dark message? No, that's well, just. I'm sure. I'm sure he was talking about uh, all the riots and the and the cities on fire all over the country that the Democrats didn't mention at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The cities that are run by Democratic mayors that are burning because their their idea of law and order is let's defund the police and uh, and uh, just step back and watch everybody tear things down. Yeah. You know, it's like okay, well, you know, there's a there's. 
as as we have said, I am in full support of people protesting. There is nothing wrong with protesting. You have every right to protest. You have, you, in fact, in some cases, I think you have a responsibility to protest. You know, I mean, in Milwaukee uh, this weekend, a black man was shot seven times in the back while trying to go to a car. Now but we he was, don't know. He was not paying. Why? He was not. Oh no, but well, he. There are some that are, have come out, and and you know he was he was absolutely not taking any taking the direction of the police. He was not doing what he was told. Does that mean he deserves to be shot in the back seven times? He no. wasn't turning around and pointing a weapon at them. He was not threatening the police. So why are they using uh, you know that level of force against somebody who's just not listening to them? Yeah, you know, I don't know. You know, why, where are the beanbag guns or the or the um, the tasers? Why aren't they doing that instead of shooting the man in the back? That just paints such a bad picture. Why are you using that level of force against somebody who's just not listening to you? You know, and quite frankly, if in, in there are some communities where where the police are are considered, um, you know, because of that kind of action are considered somebody that's not trustworthy. So why would you listen to them? Because you've been brought up your whole life being told these are guys who will kill you as soon as smile at you. You know, they're as scary as the drug dealers. You know, and, and it, it's unfortunate that that's where we're at, but when they behave that way, when, they, when, they, when their first go-to is shoot somebody because he's not listening to us, you know, that's, yeah. that's bad, 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 bad imagery and, and, uh, and bad behavior you know and and that's got to stop absolutely has to stop you know you don't get to use that level of force because somebody doesn't want to listen to you because somebody is talking back to you yes but you're making assumptions about this we don't know we don't know what happened right they're going to do an investigation yeah it Um, was a call for a domestic violence issue you know so so, I mean, we know it was a call for domestic violence, um, uh, you know, and, and like I said, I, I've read some some more details on it. I'm trying to find them in front of me so that I can be more accurate because I don't want to just do it from memory. And, of course, can't find the article right now. But, yeah, I mean, more will come out. More will come out. It'll become more public as to what happened. Um, but history has also shown us that very often, uh, I shouldn't say very often, there's been a... a, a yeah, I don't want to use that same sort of descriptive language that paints a bias, right? There have been cases where the police's description of what happened have been shown by video evidence to be completely not accurate, that they painted a picture that made them look like they were blameless, and that, you know, when you find video evidence later, you find out that they were not blameless, that they behaved badly, and they covered it up. Yep. yep. And so you've got to be careful when you're looking at this stuff. Obviously, we need to get all the answers. But the the on the face of it, especially given the climate of things that are going on today, to have a black man shot in the back is not a good image for any police department. Indeed. Any man to be shot in the back, really. But I mean, but specifically right now, black person. Investigate if it needs to be prosecute, you know, um, depending on what happened. I mean, yeah, absolutely do that because we need to we need to root out bad cops without a doubt. But I, I, setting, setting the city on fire doesn't help the case at all. Yeah. Protest. No. Go, go for it. But right. They've set the, they've set the city on fire. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, burning down cities is 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 stupid. It's counterproductive. It doesn't make any point. It sets not only the the news media but the public at large against whatever it you and whatever issue you stand behind because they'll look at that and say, you know, burning down a bunch of buildings and 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 threatening other people who are out there just you know that that again so um here is a bystander's video of the incident appears to show officer grab blake by the back of the shirt as he tried to get into an suv and then shoot him seven times at point blank range the shooting led yeah the shooting led to unrest in a kenosha on sunday night and monday night we all watched the horrific video of jacob blake being shot in the back several times by kenosha police nationally known civil rights attorney benjamin crump said in the news release even worse his three sons witnessed their father collapsing after being riddled with bullets it's a miracle he's still alive okay so i have not watched that video is there a race problem in kenosha wisconsin i mean i well i think what's becoming what's becoming clear is there's a race problem in the united states in the United States, you know, and that we as a country need to face it head on, admit that there's an issue and start working together to solve it and and and, you know, stop having black men gunned down in the streets. Um, and and, you know, it's uh, it's more than just persecuting or prosecuting, rather not persecuting, prosecuting each individual as they do it. We need to to try to start making some some attitude adjustments amongst our populace in terms of somehow making sure that this is not perceived as okay at some level or or perhaps you know there are people who are are acting out of fear because they have this fear of you know black men because they seem to be the 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 target um i will say i have looked at some some national statistics and um there uh, of all the police shootings nationwide more white people get shot by police than black people every year in the united states now yes. pro- it's not proportionate to the number of black and white people in the population but it's not limited to just black victims that that police shootings um you know right now if you happen to be a black person and you get shot by police you're going to get on the news you know if i got shot by police it probably wouldn't um you know but um you know so i mean the issue might be that we have a secondary issue in addition to uh, a a a um, open season on um black men we also have an issue with just police violence and we need to maybe look at how we staff and train our police a little bit better you know and and i say staff and train i've heard a lot of people say train i think sometimes it's also selecting the right people you know, just because somebody wants to be a police officer and goes to the police academy doesn't mean that they're the right person for that job. No, no, but presumably they'd be weeded out in the police academy if they're not, right? Well, not. I, but I don't think that they are. I mean, I could be mistaken in that case, you know. I mean, obviously, if they're blatant haters of somebody, then they probably would be um, in some cases. But it obviously depends on where you're at, too, right? You know? Yeah. I mean, I not to pick on the deep south but if you you know you you get the impression that in in the deep south there are people who are still members of the kkk and i would be venture to bet that a lot of them uh you know are on police forces and, and sheriff's forces in in the south you know 
You yeah, know, well, I mean, yeah. they also probably work in banks and grocery stores. You know, I mean, it's it's. I mean, but there are people who still have those kind of beliefs and, and are part, members of those kinds of groups. You know, throughout the United States. Now, I don't know about Kenosha, Wisconsin, but um, but that you know that video, if if it's as described. Um, sounds to me an awful lot like the video of, you know, a man with a knee on the back of his neck for eight minutes slowly having life pressed out of him um you know I just, I don't know I, I we don't know all the details but it's tough to excuse you know, struggling with somebody and shooting him in the back seven times at point blank range Yeah, it's true. I'm eager to I'm eager to see what the investigation brings. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, um, so let's talk about something less um, depressing. Uh, California's burning. That's less depressing. <laughs> California's tie- fires torch more land than five New York cities. And now the, the, the heat and bad weather could ignite more blazes because they're, uh, we're getting more of the um, uh, storm weather, tropical storm weather coming up out of the Gulf and off of the Pacific. And that means more lightning and more um, storms in the mountains and high deserts. Oh, joy. You know, it's our own forestry policies that have led to the catastrophic fires that we've had over the last decade or more um you know our our decision to stop logging our decision to um not do controlled burns the decision to allow people to move farther and farther into the forest on mass um Mm -hmm. you know because people have always lived in the forest but the forested communities have become more crowded um you know i think all of that has has created this environment where where what would have been a smaller fire has turned into a catastrophic fire Mm mm-hmm you know, catastrophic fires, um, you know, maybe we should start logging again. And, yeah. you know, fires are a natural part of a healthy forest. That's, that's, you know, that's, they happen. They're right. They, they have to happen. Well, when and their so, lightning started fires like this. Yeah. I mean, the ones that they were saying were started by, um, you know, our electric companies, not going and cleaning brush away from their towers that you put back on the electric companies but well but, indeed indeed but then a lot of these have been started by lightning a lot of them had, have yeah yeah because of the um, weather yes so yep I, I i just our policies just don't seem to be working in this great state of california yeah this time last year california had about 4300 wildfires that burned 87.5 square miles while the toll this year is 7,000 wildfires burning nearly 2,200 square miles. Wow. Well, and it's only August. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, we've got at least another month and a half of hot, dry weather before we... Before, I mean, we'll start seeing it cool off probably, you know, as this month wraps up in the next week or so. But we're still going to have really hot days. They'll be now, instead of having a long stretch, they'll probably be interspersed. I mean, that's just our typical pattern. But who knows, right. you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, you know, a weatherman. I'm not a meteorologist and uh, certainly not a, uh, a, a guru of weather. I'm just looking at sort of our historical patterns. Um, 
you know, where as, 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 once we have that really hot spell that we that lasts a couple of weeks, we usually then will have a hot spell that lasts a week, and then we'll have a few days of cool, and then we'll have a hot spell that lasts a week, and then a few days of cool, and then a hot spell that lasts maybe five days instead of a week, and then the cool spell will be like five days, so they'll be sort of even for a while, you know, as we sort of ease our way into more autumnal weather. Which I look forward to. It's usually my favorite time of the year. Of course, I'm usually out in the evenings on a pool deck in the sum, in the in the late summer and autumn, um, and that still hasn't happened. I have swimmers and families contacting me regularly, saying, "So, what's the news, Coach? Are we going to be back in the pool soon?" And I just have to direct them to the school uh, school district website that says, "We are not making any facilities available at this time." You know, I said, I check it every day. As soon as it's available, I will book us some space and we'll get back in the pool. But that's where we're at. That's, that's where, where we're at. at. Now, Orange that. County was supposed to be um, moving into uh, out of like phase one and sort of back into a phase two, right? Where they're easing some of the restrictions and starting people back and that some schools may even start up. Uh, at the end of uh, August or, or by mid-September, back on on ground schools, didn't their their numbers drop enough that the, I was just yes, seeing something in the news about that? Yeah, that they were supposed to open back up. Um, has so, that uh, clearly that hasn't happened yet? Or if right. it has happened, you know they're not opening up opening up the schools to outside groups apparently. Yeah, well, uh, as far as I know, they have not gone back to on-ground classes most places. At least uh, I know that um, uh, the the school where where the pool that I use has not. Um, But, you know, once they're back on ground doesn't guarantee that they're going to then open it up for others to use the facility because they've got different levels of, of like, releasing the, the, you know, or different levels of, uh, like, gathering in, in groups in one spot. And they have to get to, like, the next level before you can have a few people in a pool rather than just, you know, like one person in a lane. Because opening it up and saying, okay, you can use it, but you can have nine people in the water and ten people max in a space, you know, a space that's a swimming pool is significantly bigger and different than a space like a, 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 a you know, a living room. And, uh, and so... Especially we're talking like a competitive swimming pool. We're not talking about a backyard pool. I mean, this is, you know, usually 25 by 30 yards square. And so, you know, it's a fairly large space. But even so, they they count that as a single space and say you're only allowed to have 10 people in there at a time, which is ridiculous. I mean, it's it's not financially viable for 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 a club team to to run 10 people through at a time and rent the pool for five hours a day. It's not even available for five hours a day unless you stay there till midnight. Um you know, so I don't know. So, we'll see. Uh, there's a, an article in the Orange County Register. This was dated the 23rd. So um, Orange County on Sunday was removed from the state's, wa- state's watch list of counties hit hard by the coronavirus, uh, punctuating weeks of improvement from a surge in uh, hospitalizations in July. So now if Orange County can keep its rate of new cases, uh, the percentage of positive tests and other watch list metrics at acceptable levels for two weeks, K through 12 students could physically go back to, to newly spaced out classrooms after Labor Day weekend. So the decision to reopen the schools lies with each district. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got a plane going overhead. Lies with each district. Um, uh, this is according to Dr. Clayton Chow, who is the Orange County 
uh, healthcare, Orange County's healthcare agency director and acting health officer. Um, you'd have to be on the off the watch list for 14 days. So um, mm-hmm. the agency's focus now will be supporting more than two dozen mostly private elementary schools that have been granted a waiver to reopen. Um, so they're figuring out how to how to manage that because um, they deal with some vulnerable children. Uh, Chow said he would also work closely with the county's Department of Ed in preparing school districts for K-12 reopening on day 15, mm-hmm. especially for schools and neighborhoods with high shares of positive tests. Um, the community must continue our efforts in non-medical public health in- interventions such as face coverings, physical distances, hygiene measures, and staying home when it's not necessary to go out. So, you know, maybe it'll be sooner than later. Yeah, like I said, I, th- I think they're talking the first week of September tail end of this. So that, that's, you know, roughly the same time frame, I guess. Give it a few few, few days um, to get past uh, Labor Day weekend. But, you know, it's, um, there's just a lot going on there. And that, again, is no guarantee that they will open up um, and uh, be available for um, those who are, trying to you know at least the space for group activities so yeah so orange county riverside county and i'm sorry los angeles county riverside and san bernardino counties are still on the watch list with recent rates of more than 100 coronavirus cases per 100,000 residents san diego came off the list on uh, tuesday august 18th mm-hmm. so you know, that's good. Well, San Bernardino and Riverside County are very deeply into the list still. They are. Yeah. According to this article. Yeah. Hmm. Schwell. <laughs> but that's lucky. I mean, you know, Orange County, you're the new coach in Orange County. So hopefully you'll be able to hit the deck soon. Yeah. One would hope. One would hope. Um, you know, the... Um, private school that I coach for is also doing online Um, they're doing you know like synchronous online stuff but they also offer some asynchronous classes but they've been set up to do all that stuff online anyway because they did it they used online tools even when they were teaching you know in classroom and so their switch was fairly easy for them Uh, I should say easy I say it's easy I'm sure for the teachers it wasn't easy because they still had to to deal with you know getting um their classes set up for you know lectures and stuff they had to do a lot of videotaping things that they weren't used to doing so there was a lot of of challenges just like everywhere else um but uh uh they started up in mid-august and they're they're hoping they're hoping to be able to um go back to some sort of an online um i mean in-person teaching um similar to in that same time frame i guess is what i'm saying so um you know we'll see what happens there so apparently, Hope is taking flight. LA's Natural History Museum will, will reopen its butterfly pavilion and gardens. Butterflies. Butterflies. It'll it's gardens. It's outdoors. Exactly. So I love butterfly exhibits. You go in wearing something red, and they, mm-hmm. they you know, you carry the little nectar, and they land on you, and it's super cool. Go and, wander uh, amongst the bugs. Yeah, and so. Um, so they will op- they announced Monday that they'll open their butterfly pavilion and parts of its nature garden starting on September 11th for three days each week, Friday to Sunday. 
previews for members will take place um, uh, the t August 28th through 30th, and then over day Labor Day weekend, September 4th through 7th. Um, so they have revamped the ex uh, exhibition, and following um, uh, the, the, the flow for the guidelines from the state, so it'll look a little different if you've been there than when, what it looked like before. Um, there's only a, there's a one-way path through the museum, so mm -hmm. you go in one way and out the other way, and I that bet makes you sense. there's a gift shop at the end. I'm just saying, I bet yeah. you there's a gift shop at the end. They got butterfly stuff you can buy. Exactly, and so parking is uh, $6, or if you remember, it's free, um, and so uh, you have to reserve your tickets online. So you, there's no tickets cool. at the door. Go check out the butterflies. Yeah. That's Get out of the house. Go do something. Go do something. Go do something. Hey, did you hear about the good news about the woman who was declared dead in Detroit? Oh, oh, I did. We didn't oh, get a chance to talk God. about it during the radio show, but that's a shocking thing. A young woman who's declared dead at a suburban Detroit home opened her eyes at a funeral home as she was about to be embalmed. They would have begun draining her blood very, very frank about it. To be very frank about it, Jeffrey Feger, her, her attorney, uh, said... Uh, the Southfield Fire Department acknowledged it was involved in a bar bizarre set of events Sunday that began when a medical crew was summoned to the home where a 20-year-old was unresponsive. Paramedics tried to revive the woman for 30 minutes and consulted an emergency room doctor, the department said. The doctor pronounced the patient deceased based on medical information provided. So the doctor didn't see the patient. The doctor was working through the paramedics. But this is typical procedure, you know, when there's paramedics in the field. The Oakland County Medical Examiner's Office said that the body could be released to the family without autopsy, according to the fire department, um, meaning they didn't think there was anything suspicious. It was just they weren't able to revive her. But then came the dis startling discovery at the James H. Cole Funeral Home in Detroit. The woman was still alive more than an hour later. Our staff confirmed she was breathing and called the emergency medical crew to the funeral home, he said. Um, the attorney figure who was hired by the family identified the woman as Tamisha Bochamp. Uh, they were about to embalm her, which is the most frightening. And had she not opened her eyes, the funeral home was when the funeral home was unzipping the body bag. Literally, that's what happened to Tamisha. And seeing her alive with her eyes open, they they uh, stopped and said, "Oh, <laughs> this isn't right." Um, wow. You know, uh, and they've got a. a, a uh, her mother, they've got a quote from her mother saying, my heart is so heavy someone pronounced my child dead and she's not even dead. That seems counterintuitive to me. I wouldn't be saying my heart is so heavy. What I would be saying is I am so thrilled that my child is still alive that this was a mistake. Um, uh, it's horrible the mistake was made, but I am so excited and happy that she's still here. That seems really out of... Seems like somebody who's basically saying things specifically at the direction of an attorney who's saying yes, express... Exactly express sadness and, and, and emotional distress. Yes. Doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, if, if my child were pronounced dead and then, you know, an hour or two later I found out that no, she's fine. They, they, she's at the, you know, the, they've taken her to the hospital instead of to the, to the mortuary where you sent the body. Um, I would be tap dancing my way down the hospital halls going, yes, you know, I mean, holy moly, I'd be upset. I'd be angry and I'd want to figure out why they made that mistake, why they gave up on somebody who was clearly not yet dead. You know, what are their procedures for making that determination? But holy moly. And you know what? I think that there are just instances where somebody, you know, by 
by whatever machine they strap to you says this person's not with us anymore and then they spontaneously start back up you know um i you know, we don't the human body is an amazingly resilient and 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 uh, complex thing and you know we just don't know so um you know yeah, well and, and and there is a lawsuit i'm sure oh, uh, you, you think know. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna get to, you know. Good news is, is they had not started the embalming process. No kidding. If they the, had. Oh my god. Yeah. Can you imagine? Well, thank and goodness they. Can, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna thank goodness she's alive. You know, I mean, hooray. Yeah. Hooray! Hooray! So hooray! Maybe they need to. Yeah, you know, change the processes before they declare somebody dead. You know, mm-hmm. maybe they that she does need to be hooked up to a heart monitor or something. You know. I imagine the people at the funeral home probably could work an entire career and a whole lifetime in that business and never have that happen to you. Well, I was talking about the EMT. Oh, I know. Uh, yeah, well, the EMT, I, I was just, yeah, I was thinking about the other person. But, yeah, obviously, um, the EMTs, they need to review their training and what information they're providing to the doctor over the radio about what they're seeing and what information they have because, um, yeah. You know, they said they tried for half an hour to revive her. Well, maybe they needed to try for 45 minutes. You know, I'm just, um, who knows? But you know what? They may go back and review it and say everything that they had, all the machines they had said there was no heartbeat. There was no, you know, I don't know if they have them set up. I doubt that they have them set up for like, you know, if if there's any kind of brain activity when they're out in the field doing emergency medicine like that. Um, But, you know, uh, Maybe that's what they need. Maybe they need to um, to try to track that as well before they say somebody's gone, you know? Because, I mean, you can get to the point where there's no heartbeat, but, you know, maybe the, the heart will beat once every minute or two. And, you know, and so you think, okay, you listened for 45 seconds and heard nothing, and then there was a heartbeat. <laughs> you know, and then a minute or two later, there's another heartbeat. and And then at some point later, you know, maybe when they were transporting her, bouncing her around, that was enough stimulation that her body kind of came back while she was in a body bag being delivered to the to the um, funeral home. I mean, it, it's it's horrible to think about, right? This is like the a horror movie. It's like a, a nightmare kind of scenario, and yet imagine being waking up in a body bag. Right. Yeah. You know, and there's no comments about, you know, what status the woman is in. You know, I mean, was she deprived of oxygen because she was in the bag? Was she deprived of oxygen because her heart wasn't beating for a period of time? Is, you know, has she, uh, is her mental faculties now damaged because of the, the time without oxygen? You know, there's all kinds of questions, and I'm sure that'll all come out in a court case as well, because you know that's happening, so... Yeah. yeah, but crazy she's story. alive. She's alive. She is not dead. And, uh, you know, they just found out a little later than you would wish. You know, uh, it does. It sounds like it sounds like something that would be in like a, you know, a Freddy Krueger movie, right? Yeah. And it's I mean, like, yes. So, yes. Yay so for have life. Have you heard about this, this YouTuber who adopted um, a boy and then essentially gave him back um we talked about it a while ago didn't we this was um maybe it's maybe it's a different story well no it's probably the same story a bio 
in the bio for her YouTube channel, which has nearly 700,000 subscribers, Mika Stauffer describes herself as a mommy of four from Ohio and married to my best friend. Unspoken is that until earlier this year, Stauffer and husband, and husband James had five children. The missing child is Huxley, a severely autistic boy they adopted from China as a baby. Um, in, a, in a feature at The Cut, Caitlin Moscatello revisits the couple's controversial move to give up Huxley, then nearly five because the special needs were too overwhelming. It was a wrenching decision, but because the stoppers had been blogging about it, about, about Huxley since his adoption and making money from that, the backlash has been severe. Uh, the stoppers have been held up as examples of what is wrong with the influencer and adoption culture and what can happen when a child is caught at the intersection. Um, so the Delaware County Sheriff's Office even conducted an investigation after the couple's critics raised worries about their other kids. Uh, that investigation sheds more light on how bad things have gotten with Huxley. It reveals the stoppers hired a full-time caregiver to prevent what they called his severe aggression towards the other kids. One example, he would remove registers from the floors and try to hit the other children. Several caregivers uh, 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 quit because Huxley's outbursts were so relentless. Mika's channel has been quiet for months since her Huxley announcement. And the question is whether she will return. Given her large base of subscribers, a fellow parent blogger thinks she will. Um, you know, would her backlash be ridiculous? A million percent. She would have to decide for herself, am I willing to face the criticism? Mm -hmm. And, you know, autistic kids have, um, they have meltdowns. They do. Right. That's, that's part of, that's part of the, um, condition. That's part of being autistic and they can get violent and you have to, uh, separate that child from other children and, and, uh, and prevent them from hurting themselves because some kids will act out and hurt others. Other kids will, uh, hurt themselves and others do both. So, right. Uh, you know, I feel for them. I do. But what were they thinking adopting a severely autistic child if, you know, if they right. didn't, I mean, if, you know, they didn't know what they were getting into. Yeah. Well, and, and maybe they didn't know what they were getting into. You know, um, it's uh, I, I'm reading an article about it. Now, we, this is the same one we had talked about. And, uh, you know, the, their comments was. Uh, were that you know the infra, you know it was an international sure. adoption and the information that they were given wasn't as fully informative in terms of the severity of his autism and his behavioral issues and that they tried but they felt like that they that the other children in the home were at risk because of his behavior and that they couldn't control him and so um, he's now in a home with a medical professional who has the skill set to deal with him and he's an only child there and so he's not being um uh you know she she says there was unknowns and things that are not transparent in the files uh when they did the adoption and that he's been in more intense therapy over the last year to help his severe needs well you know, it sounds like he's in a better situation now yeah yeah they said she said further he's doing really well his new mommy has medical professional training and it's a really good fit he's thriving um, you know, it's, I can understand people getting on them about this, but any parent has to make a decision as to what's best for their child. And when you have a child that is, um, you know, 
severely handicapped in one fashion or another, whether they're adopted or whether they're your natural child, you have to make a decision sometimes as to whether or not they should be with you or whether they should be in a special environment where they're getting more 24-7 care. And it's 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 gut-wrenching, horrible decision that any family has to go through. I'm not willing to, to jump on these people's backs um, just yet. I don't know them. I've never watched her on her YouTube channel, so I don't know. She might be a completely vapid horrible person as as I feel like a lot of the YouTubers are um, but I don't know that and so um, you know I'm not personally going to jump all over somebody for ha- making a decision that I'm sure was horrifyingly difficult for them to have to make you know yeah. um, uh, but you know it, it, the description of, of him you know pulling up floor registers and, and smacking kids those are big heavy metal things you know it's not that's, that's like taking a frying pan and hitting people over the head um you that can do some damage. Right. And it's not like you can just pull up your floor registers because uh, now you've got a hole in the floor that kids can fall into. So you've got you've to leave those down. You've got to find some way to, like, maybe screw them down to the floor or something so that he can't lift them up. So, I mean, it's, you know, you can – but then you'll just find something else you can pick up and hit with. I mean, when he's lashing out, it's the behavior that's an issue, and you've got to figure out how to deal with that. And there are specialists that can come in home and work with kids who have – behavioral issues like that to help kind of teach them how to to work better in a in an environment um you know and i don't know whether they had any of those people in their house um i've got a daughter who works for a company that does that very work and you know there's there's uh behaviorists that'll come in and work with them um but you know sometimes it's just that's not the right environment for that child so I don't know. Not well, my, a, my, go ahead. I talked. Not enough. an easy situation. No, 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 no. It's not an easy situation. My heart goes out to them, and I. Yeah. You know, it sounds like, based on what this says, uh, you know, what you said is that that the child is in a much better situation, much better for the child, and ultimately that's what matters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it. Yeah. Yeah, we we've said enough. <laughs> I'm not gonna go on um, repeating. So we that. are out of so, time, Todd. Yeah, yeah. After we talked about so much uplifting and enlightening and thrilling things today. <laughs> oh, really quickly before we go, I want to talk about this because it's kind of ridiculous. Um, good, we need KFC, a laugh. KFC is rethinking their slogan: <laughs> "Finger licking good." Did you hear about this? Because yeah. Of, because of COVID. Because I'm licking somebody else's fingers. That was what I always <laughs> thought when they said "finger licking good." <laughs> Because health health and uh, uh, health experts are advising you to keep your hands away from your face, and we want to stay healthy. Well, your hands are on the chicken, and the chicken's going in your mouth. What does it matter that you're licking your fingers? Wash your hands before you eat, exactly. like your mother taught you to do. You know, when you were a child, or if she didn't oh teach my. you, then figure it out. Wash and your hands. Is anybody going? I don't want KFC chicken because they told me to lick my fingers, and that's bad. <laughs> I know some marketing people are like, "Pull your head out of your butt! Come on!" <laughs> oh my gosh, you know? They say no. I want me some good chicken. Yeah. So come on. Yeah, I was like, no, we're not going to do finger licking good. By the way, I I jumped all over a while back talking about stupid commercials. Uh, you know, Jake from Allstate. 
Yes. And the fact that they replaced Jake from Allstate with an African-American actor. And I'm like, what the heck? Why did they oh, replace no, Jake from State Farm? It's Jake from State Farm. That's right. Jake from State Farm. So why did they get rid of Jake from State Farm? I actually read a little bit more about that. Turns out the original Jake from State Farm, whose name is really Jake, really does work at State Farm. He's an employee. And, Shut the front door. And he has a regular job and he's not an actor. And doesn't have and didn't want to tr- to do the sk- the skill set to do more commercials as Jake from State Farm because that's he was uncomfortable doing that. He's he's a customer service person. I think he's now a customer service manager. And he goes, uh, I've got a job. I don't want to do. You know, I mean, I was kind of cool being sort of famous being Jake from State Farm, um, <laughs> wearing khakis. Um, and so when they did the that's little transition awesome. commercial, you know, he he like the the, the new Jake leans over and goes. Do they ask you what you wear? And he goes, it happens. You know, I mean, so the old Jake kind of handed off to the new Jake. They hired an actor to do the job. Uh, and that's why there's a new Jake. It wasn't because they were just, you know, trying to change from a white Jake to a black Jake. It was they just wanted an actor to do the job as opposed to one of their employees who didn't want to do the job, didn't want to be an actor. Um, that's so cool. Which is cool. That's yeah. So cool. I didn't yeah. realize that Jake from State Farm was really Jake from State Farm. Right. He was really Jake. You could have called and maybe gotten Jake from State Farm at 3 in the morning. <laughs> at 3 in the morning? Awesome. Really? <laughs> Who is this Jake from State Farm? Um, yeah. I thought it was a cute commercial to begin with. And then and then the way they transitioned by having the original Jake there was cool. And when you found out the story behind it, you're like, okay, now that makes total sense. It's like they just yep. needed an actor to, to take over the role because, you know, he, he's not an actor and didn't want to become one. He, he He's That's... a customer service person. And, so we will uh, end with that. That yeah. was awesome. That was awesome. Tomorrow, I swear, people, we will don't give up on us. We will be more upbeat. I we will try. I will try to find happy things to talk about. <laughs> Since today I try, I found absolutely nothing to talk about. I was going off of all of your list of talking points because I did no pre pre prep today. Yes. So um, I'll I'll uh, step that up again. Sorry about that. Anyway, I'm so, Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.